0: Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they liked to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill, and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it, and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, it's kind of weird when you see... Headlines warning individuals about Halloween candy. No, I'm not just talking about Halloween candy that may have been tainted with, you know, sharp objects to to harm you or to poke you or, you know, needle. It, it's kind of weird. And you've always been cautious when Halloween gets closer. First off, I find it weird that we're even talking about Halloween because we're just a month away from that one. Halloween, October, fall season right around the corner here. That's crazy to me with how this year has gone by. But no, they're now warning across the nation in certain parts of the country this one coming out of pennsylvania out of all places which i don't think they've actually passed this legislation at all so i'm not sure how they've actually gotten it here. but according to the headlines from abc out of pennsylvania did you know that you need to be aware of your halloween candy for possible cannabis in your candies ah! Never thought I'd see it. But hey, you know what? Got to be careful of giving your kids that cannabis candy coming up for Halloween. That's the issue of today. Not COVID, not Afghanistan, not our corrupt military, not the federal spending that's completely out of control. It's the the pot-laced Halloween candy for our children that might them make them eat like more candy or something. I don't know. That's the crazy stuff. (laughs) Welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you, your millennial general reporting for duty. Today's going to be a crazy show. It's going to be a fun one. Bill Hahn, he is the CEO of the John Birch Society, will be joining us on his latest video, blocking Biden's COVID tyranny. What are we going to do to combat COVID uh, pandemic mandates that are coming out of the federal government can we battle them and and fight them off and how do we do it so we'll talk with him at the bottom of the hour about that which is kind of interesting because that's kind of what we're going to talk about at some point today as well you can find us on our live stream facebook youtube twitter twitch.tv also the instagram the tiktok and ourfreedombook.com and of course our website at whosyourreason.com all of them with the handle at who's your reason we are on youtube live streaming right now i think now it's weird Because we got suspended until December, and then all of a sudden they released it, and now we're live streaming on it as of, like, the beginning of this week, I think. But I have a feeling we're probably going to get banned again. According to MSN, I don't know if you've seen this, or if you are a YouTube scroller, if you go through YouTube and check out the videos, you could get lost on YouTube. Just throwing it out there i do quite a bit you get lost on youtube watching random videos from like you know the the weird acts of the year or you watch random music video to me my thing's music videos all about the music videos and i'm about certain fun content with like conspiracy theorists not necessarily like political conspiracy theorists, but just you know, UFO people. And I, I love watching it because, or flat earthers, that's my favorite. If they try to convince me that the earth is flat on a YouTube video that's hysterical or that dinosaurs didn't exist, that's a good one as well. There's a lot of fun videos. You can just do a rabbit hole of watching these. My bad habit that I have on YouTube is I get sucked in watching music reaction videos. Not just the music video for the music, but someone reacting to it. I don't know why that's fascinating to me. Does I, I, maybe you can explain it to me. I don't know why it's fascinating to watch someone react to the same music that I want to listen to and see their reaction to the music video that I want to react to. I don't know why that's fascinating. It's a big thing on YouTube, apparently. People do it all the time. And, I, I again, hours go by just getting sucked into the stupid stuff. But... I'm going to have to stop watching YouTube and going to the rumble and the other sources for the video or just giving it up altogether because I have better things to do with my time in the at night. But YouTube is set to ban all of the anti-vaccine activists on their platform, which means we're probably not going to be on their platform for very long. Now, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm saying, like I've said for the entire time, do your thing, man. And if you want to, that's cool. If you don't want to, that's cool as well. You don't have to. My entire movement during the COVID pandemic has been you have options. You have options to stay healthy. You have options to combat COVID-19. And those options include not getting the vaccine. It's not anti-vaccine. It's giving you a choice. Giving you a choice. I know the government and the Democrats don't like choice because they want to give you the choice on what they present to you. But you actually do have choice. So I'm assuming that we're not going to be on YouTube for long. They're not just banning them; they're blocking the content and deleting the accounts. And we've been slowly growing the YouTube channel. Uh, so if we lose it, I guess I don't really care. We'll move to different platforms. We're already on different platforms. The big video platform is you can find us on twitch.tv and find us there at Who's Your Reason and watch us live there every day. We get, we get new subscribers there every single day. So that's awesome. And thank you for listening there. But, yeah, so now with the concern about, quote, unquote, misinformation, MSN reports that YouTube will be blocking all the content for anti-vaxxers on their platform. What do you do about that? Even if you did get the vaccine and you support the vaccine, aren't you a little concerned about the one sidedness in this discussion? I mean, I really want to take the third-party objector for a second. I have my opinion on it. I've talked about it. You know my opinion on it. But I don't want to say that and regurgitate it over again. I want to step back from the discussion as if I was the third-party objector. I don't care one way or the other, and I'm just looking at the scene. I am the alien in the UFO that I watch on YouTube with all the conspiracy theorists on how they're real and all this other stuff. I'm the alien in the UFO looking down on Earth and watching the headlines and watching this and saying, wow. We have YouTube that's banning all the content from people that say they don't want to get the vaccine. We have, according to Forbes magazine now, Biden is now set to punish companies that aren't abiding by his mandate for private businesses with 100 employees or more getting the vaccine uh, and OSHA trying to enforce that, that. If they get caught not forcing the vaccine onto all of their employees, they could be fined between 70000 to $700,000 from the federal government. Which, by the way, is illegal, isn't it? At the federal level, aren't you only supposed to generate revenue based on taxation? That taxation is not supposed to be a punishment, but it's supposed to be just a common good sort of thing in order to contribute to the funding of the federal government. You're not allowed to use uh, finances as a punishment, at least when you're trying to oppose an Anti-constitutional mandate onto the private sector already. Anyways, I mean it just it just fits right in line with the anti-constitutionalism, the illegality of the Biden administration already. But now he wants to fine between seventy thousand to seven hundred thousand dollars any business that's not willing to go along with it. Then I jump over to down yonder, down uh, down in uh, what is it? Uh, uh, it uh, I don't what is it? I don't whatever Australia. I was trying to think of what their thing was down in the, it's not the bayou, because that would be Louisiana. I can't think of what they're called right now. Down under. Thank you. It's the down under. We go down under to Sydney, Australia, where they say that the unvaccinated individuals are going to be isolated socially even after the COVID-19 lockdowns end. Sorry, you didn't get vaccinated. You didn't do what we told you to do. So therefore, you're not allowed to be part of society any longer. We're going to arrest you if you're not wearing a mask right now, which is what they're doing currently. And we see videos of that coming out and the prime minister of Australia actually endorsing it and supporting it and saying it's a good thing by waving. And look at this. We're stopping people from breaking the law. But they're now going to I don't know, build camps, build government facilities. Build internment camps, build a nice little city for their own, and say if you're unvaccinated, we will isolate you socially from the rest of society even after the COVID-19 lockdowns end and the pandemic's done. We're still going to isolate you. Then I move all the way to the other side of the country with Axios.com. See, there's a crazy amount of headlines here just on this issue. It's wild. It doesn't seem to go away. The Vatican is now ordering all employees to get their vaccine or submit to daily testing. According to the Vatican City State, they announced it yesterday that they'll be requiring all their employees to provide proof of vaccination or documentation of a recent negative test, according to the Washington Post. Pope Francis, who was vaccinated back in January, has campaigned for people getting the shots and calling it a moral duty. Some Catholics, however, have argued for exemptions on the religious grounds. Well, if the Pope himself is saying that you have to do it and saying that we're going to do it in the Vatican, and you really use religious grounds to, for an exemption— it's kind of an odd one, isn't it? The head of your religious organization's telling you you have to do it or get tested, but yet you're going to use the exemption of the religion that you're following that's the head of the religion telling you you have to as the exemption for your religious exemption on the COVID-19 vaccine. That's kind of fascinating. That's a mind-bender on that one. So if I were the alien in the UFO above the Earth looking at all of these headlines, YouTube banning content for people that they don't like, Biden trying to punish people financially for those that don't abide by his rule, Sydney isolating people into their own little internment camps for those that are unvaccinated, the Vatican trying to impose their own religious institution on, uh, on on, on, on mandated vaccines for their own religious people. If you were the third-party objector who just didn't care and have a dog in the fight in any way, shape, or form, you'd be losing your mind right now. How would you stand on this one? Would you be going along with it and be like, you know what, either A, it's really, really important, I guess everybody just needs to go along with it, and, ah, can't you just get on board? Can't you just shut up? Can't you just comply? Can't you just do what you're told without any objection because that's what we expect of you? Or do you say, you know... One of these things is not like the other one. This doesn't make any sense. And while I want to get the vaccine, while I want to do what's best for me and that decision by my personal choice is to get the vaccine, I don't think people should be jumping through these hoops or actually being punished the way that they are. We read yesterday the headline of nearly 175 hospital workers and staff workers in North Carolina actually being attacked and actually being fired for the largest firing for a vaccine mandate in U.S. history, and especially in the healthcare industry. They're being fired. Now, again, if you support the vaccine, that's cool, but even vaccinated people should be like, you know, that's that's messed up, man. That's messed up. I don't think we like that. So now we have segregation going on from the side that says they're against segregation. We have religious organizations forcing people while they say we have religious exemptions. How do we fight something like this? We're trying. States are starting to, you know, bulk up just a little bit. I know here in the state of Kansas where I'm at, we have our state legislature working on a potential special legislative session wanting to fight some of those mandates to make sure that we are exempt as a quote unquote sanctuary state by uh, from the vaccine mandates. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Other states are talking about the same thing as well. We could try and go the lawsuit way, but that just really kind of reinforces the idea of the judicial branch having the most power out of the three branches of government by turning to the courts. And if they make the wrong decision, then we have a court decision against us that makes it even harder to fight later on. But that seems to be the go-to. We just go to the courts and be like, uh, hey, judge, person in black robes, can you please make a decision on this for us because we can't decide on our, ourselves. The other way is, as we've talked about, local officials fighting against the local mandates, making sure your local officials are aware or running for it yourself, showing up to the school board meeting, showing up to the city council meeting, showing up to the county commission meeting. You can do that. You can just not comply. We hear from the stories every day of businesses that are not wanting to comply with it. And I tell you, it's hard because what's the old uh, word from the founding fathers that we can either hang together or we can hang separately? If every business began to say, I'm not going to abide by this, it's your choice to do what you will, the government is useless. If it's only one or two that are actually doing this, then we're going to lose. Because the government will come down on that $700,000 penalty against those businesses and try and make an example out of them. They're going to use an example out of the few that try to stand up while the rest of them put down the hats, try to cower, put down the blinders, and just walk and do their thing and just go along with whatever they're told. And those are the ones that we need to call out. As a consumer, we totally can because you can go to those businesses and say, I will not spend any more money with you from my hard-earned money until you actually change your policies. But will enough people do that? As the alien and the UFO... Looking at it from the 30 million foot view right now, you'd think this world's crazy and you'd be on that side saying, you know what? I don't want you to be harmed, but I think you should have a choice in what you want to do for your own personal choices. Back after this here on The Voice of Reason for a midweek celebration. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program, Radio TV Live streaming podcasting. By the way, we'll talk with all of that that we just did in that last segment. We'll talk with Bill Hahn with the John Birch Society. We'll get his thoughts on how we do combat some of that because it's crazy to see right now with how bad things are actually getting. On the same front, we talked about ways that we can actually do something outside of COVID, trying to stop some of the uh, federal budget garbage right now with some of the uh, the mandates and the control freaks that are in Washington, D.C. trying to do stupid things. There are ways that we can do that. Uh, Right now, we are really, really, really close to actually stopping them from spending absurd amounts of money and raising the debt ceiling. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in the second half hour of the program as well, so don't miss that one. Plus, there is the concern about 2A issues as well with the National Defense Authorization Act. It was the bill that really allows the federal government to have its security funding for the the Pentagon and for the military, what it's going to do for security in the nation. But deep down inside this bill... There's a couple things that are a bit of concern. And there's a lot of Republicans that apparently are on board supporting this thing. As they're on uh, record actually voting for this National Defense Authorization Act, majoritively conservatives would try to support something like this because we want to be secure. We want to be safe. We want to have our defense in the nation to be strong. So normally we would just get on board. And unfortunately there are some that are supporting it where we probably shouldn't have because there are two things in there that's come out Uh, according to different sources on big concerns that we've been fighting left and right, but yet they supported them in this bill. And that is one, a blank check that Joe Biden has been able to uh, give to Afghanistan, up to $10 billion, as we've talked about before, if they comply, if the Taliban and if ISIS-K, you know, the Delta variant of ISIS, if ISIS-K and if the Taliban oblige by the, Uh, by the WHO and by certain international governments telling them what to do. If they play along, if they do nice, then we're going to give them this money, this $10 billion worth of money. And it's essentially that blank check that Joe Biden gets to sign that check, hand it over to terrorists that are aiding and abetting an enemy of the United States and just saying, hey, thanks for playing nice with us. That is in the National Defense Authorization Act. How hypocritical is that, by the way? You have a bill on national defense for the nation that's giving money to our enemy that wants to attack us and that hates us because that's how we do policy nowadays under the Biden administration and under a corrupt military leadership that thinks that the military is now a social experiment as opposed to actually just protecting the nation which is what they're supposed to do the second piece of information is really concerned as well and the nra has been railing on this the second amendment foundation is very concerned about this is deep inside this national defense authorization act there's also a piece that says that there is a there a way to move forward with red flag laws And for those that don't know what those red flag laws are, that if you have a bad day at work, if you get into a fight with your spouse, if you show up and you just make a bad comment because you're in a bad mood, if you've had any type of mental depression or mental anxiety or any type of mental illness in any way, shape or form, someone has the right to go to the courts and say they're out of their mind. They potentially could harm themselves or somebody else. We're going to get a court order. We're going to knock on your door with law enforcement and forcefully uh, forcefully take your firearms away. And that is something that Republicans have fought really hard to try and stop from happening at the federal level. Because once that happens, there is zero due process. You get a knock on your door. You don't even know that they're going to be there. You get a knock on the door from law enforcement and say, hey, we're here to take your guns away. Because we're concerned there's been a concerned report, a concerned citizen saying that you could be a threat to yourself or somebody else because you were grumpy and had a fight with your significant other. That you've battled depression throughout uh, times before and never tried to harm yourself, but you potentially could later, so we're going to take that firearm away. You have PTSD because you're a veteran. Got to take that firearm away. Thanks for serving the country. Got to take that firearm away. A load of Republicans have supported that, and we'll read some of those names when we get a chance to as well. But... It's time for you to call up your elected officials wherever you may be in the nation, your Republicans' ones especially, and make sure they're not supporting this. Democrats can get stuff done enough on their own without our support. Why do we need to support these things just because we want to work in a bipartisan manner? Or maybe it's a freshman making a mistake not realizing that this stuff's in it because they haven't read these bills. Make the calls to your elected officials now. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. when reason meets radio you're listening to the voice of reason with andy hoosier welcome back into the program thanks for hanging out today radio tv live streaming podcasting trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time and we appreciate your support by the way as a programming note to you reminder we are just days away from the end of september hard to believe right I know. It's kind of tough. So here's what I want you to do. Go to the website, reason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R reason.com. We have our newsletter on there. I want you to subscribe to the newsletter. Totally free. We have our monthly blog on there. We have... Information about the Hoosier Media Network and the latest updates there. We have a recap of some of the shows and guests that we've had over the last month. We have our civic holidays coming up for the new month. Fun things to look forward to, some nice little motivational things for you. A lot of fun information, and it's totally free. We don't send you a whole bunch of emails throughout the month, just the once a month. We will send you a welcome thing as well, though. So I guess there's two. But just go to the website, HoosierReason.com, sign up. That newsletter will be released on Monday to give you a chance over the weekend if you so choose to sign up for that one and we thank you we get new people every single month we are growing that one it's awesome so we appreciate that very much all right let's get into the latest and in what's trending what do you say what's trending today so at the beginning of the show we talked about all the wild headlines whether you support the mandate or whether you support getting the vaccine or not uh, which uh, again i have not gotten the vaccine i won't get the vaccine and the more they try to tell us i have to the more i say mm-hmm Ain't going to fly. Whether you get it or don't get it, just the headlines themselves should scare you to death about what kind of battle is in front of us and how far we've allowed this to get. And again just a quick reminder for you you have the largest mass firing at a North Carolina hospital with near 175 hospital staff here coming up soon if they don't get the vaccine. We have the mobsters in the at the federal level threatening to pull Medicare and Medicaid funding for nursing homes that don't force all of their uh to all of their staff to get vaccinated. We have Biden wanting to punish and charge 170 to $700,000 in fines if you don't abide by the whole new mandate of either getting, the, uh, getting all the vaccinated individuals for 100 employees or more or we fine you. We have Australia down under that's wanting to isolate people even after the COVID-19 pandemic by social distancing and social isolation if you don't get the vaccine. You have now the Vatican forcing it as well all over the place. Not just in the U.S., but all over the place. We have ridiculous, absurd mandates where everybody, including those who want to get the vaccine, should be a little wary and concerned. What do we do about this? Is it a legal thing? Is it just a lack of uh, abiding by? And just ignoring it, is it fighting it at the state level? What do we do? To talk about that and more excited to have back on the program with us here uh, is his latest video, Blocking Biden's COVID Tyranny. You can find them online with the John Birch Society, jbs.org. He is the CEO of the John Birch Society, Mr. Bill Hahn with us here. Bill, how are you, my friend?
1: Very good. Thanks so much for having me on, Andy. Always appreciate
0: it. Yeah, appreciate you coming on the program. Excited to chat with you. This is getting crazy, and we've allowed it to get this far. The big question is... Can we now stop the rolling snowball that's moving down faster and faster with all these crazy mandates? Is it able to be stopped now? And what do we do about this?
1: Well, excellent question. And, of course, you know, we, we look at this from a standpoint of what is the proper role of government? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we you know, you look at how they are trying to implement this. You know, they're trying to implement this through through OSHA. Well, you know, having worked uh, in the construction industry and having to deal with OSHA and MSHA, the Mining Safety and Health Administration, you know good and darn well there are not enough inspectors out there to physically go to each of these locations, look at their compliance records, and determine whether or not you know there's going to be fines included in that. You, even the, the OSHA website itself tells you that there's you know only so many. Uh, I think it's you know one inspector per 70,000 uh, you know American workers. With eight million job sites, there is no way in the world, uh, you know, that they're going to f- be able to physically do this. Yeah. So, we look from a standpoint of, okay, so you know, as as bad as it is, uh, we always look at this from a standpoint of what is the proper role of government. And so, we, and so for that, you know, if you wouldn't wouldn't mind, I'll motor mouth here for just a little bit. Please. Uh, but um, looking at the, uh, you know, you review the powers of governance. So the founders stated in the Declaration of Independence that governments were instituted to protect our god-given rights. That doesn't seem to be what's happening today. <laughs> and but that is the main fu- function of government. They also stated that we the people have the right to alter or abolish that government when it became destructive of its ends. So in essence, we the people hold all all of the powers of governance. Yeah. And now at that time when the declaration was was around we, the people, were organized according to the free and independent states, having delegated powers to those states for governance. Okay, Through the Constitution, and I know you get this. I, I read some of, your, some of your blog on there. Through the Constitution, we, the people, as states, then delegated enumerated powers to the federal government. For instance, here's a favorite one. Article 1, Section 8 lists the powers that Congress is responsible for. That is not the entire federal government, but it is what Congress is responsible for. And then, of course, the Tenth Amendment tells us that all powers not delegated by the Constitution are reserved to the states or the people. All right? So, again, we the people hold all of the power. But if you look in Article six of the Constitution, it provides that elected officials take an oath to abide by the Constitution and all laws, as it says, made in pursuance thereof of the Constitution. So, in other words, if laws are not made within the appropriate enumerated powers, then it is to be classified as a usurpation of the power. And in order to protect citizens, state legislatures are duty-bound to ignore or nullify laws that are not made in pursuance thereof. Hmm. And this is exactly what Alexander Hamilton and... um, I believe, uh, James Madison uh, both talked about. So, if I may, Federalist Number 33, Alexander Hamilton, says that federal acts which are not pursuant to its its constitutional powers will be merely acts of usurpation and will deserve to be treated as such. That's a direct quote. And, of course, the state legislatures, Federalist 16, Hamilton, said if the state legislatures be necessary to give effect to a measure of the union, which means that something's already come through, you know, a law or an edict or something from the, from the federal government, the states have only not to act or to act evasively, and the measure is defeated. So basically, they can ignore this thing, or they act evasively, which means they can, they can be active in passing legislation, resolutions, anything that basically hits this thing head on.
0: Yeah, which a lot of states so, are doing. I know some states are trying to work on, you know, either convening as a special session if they're out of the session, which, you know, like Candace Rymat, they do just a couple months out of the year and they want to do a special session. Other states, they're in general session all the time and they can just convene and say, you know, we're going to make ourselves, I guess, like a, you know, whatever they use for the immigration or the Second Amendment issues. We're going to be a sanctuary state against these mandates and make a strong point. But if the states just don't, follow through and actually enforce them at all we have the right to do that as well the nice thing about all of this and i'm always a glass half full kind of guy is that we've Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to learn more about the concept of federalism like you mentioned where we've given the federal government specific duties and specific roles and the rest of it's related back to the state governments and and uh, defaulted back to them now We haven't done that in a long time, and we've just kind of allowed the government to run rampant at the federal level, so now it's time for us to wake up, and I think people are starting to wake up a little bit and saying, wait a second, is that really your role, and could we be doing this better at the statewide level?
1: Yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact, let's back up just slightly. So when when we look at nullification and how it works, I would argue that what you saw in 2020 with those asinine lockdowns what was the only tool that dislodged that? Mm-hmm. I would argue that that would be nullification, sure. uh, a, a separate of the of you know of what the state legislatures did. So basically, you know, we saw, I mean, how many um, examples of governors, mayors, city councils, county boards, state prosecuting attorneys, and of course, sheriffs. Yeah. You know, after the initial lockdown. Uh, just just to give you a personal example, after the initial lockdown here in Wisconsin, um, you know, they were proposing, you know, that it, that it uh, you know, continue. And the uh, there were, I, I believe, at least two dozen sheriffs in the state of Wisconsin that stood up and said, you know what, we're not enforcing this garbage. There is no way in the world we're going to continue to let this happen. So, you know, it it goes to the enforcing arm. And so when those that are supposed to be enforcing this do not do that, that is a form of nullification. And this is why we have had a support your local police program uh, action project for decades. I mean, since the the, the mid-60s, it is important that we create those relationships with those that are in authority, those that have been elected, those that are business leaders, those that are business owners, uh, to get them to uh, you know, become active and work uh, towards helping others to uh, coalesce around you know, a type of an organization that can be out there, out in front, teaching folks these very principles so that we're not swept up uh, sure. you know, by, by, by this tyranny. Right? It, it is very important to have that citizen action, but as you very well pointed out, there's not much that happens. You know, the, the biggest two things that we would look at would be ignorance and apathy. And we absolutely need to overcome those if we are to keep our country.
0: That's very true. We're talking with Bill Hahn, CEO of the uh, John Birch Society. You can find them online at jbs.org. John, uh, Bill, we got to take a break here in just a second. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Hey, fantastic. I want to touch on this more on how we do get more people to be active and be educated on this, whether it's focusing on the education system, whether it's trying to get – I mean, I'm a millennial 32. I mean, can we get the older generations, my generation and beyond to get engaged again? Because most of us, while we talk about it and we do the little tweet on on the social media and we rant about it outside of that, I think we've forgotten what activism actually is as well because we think that's going to change the world, and it just doesn't. So what can we do to educate? What can we do to get active? What can we do to really change this at the local level as well? So we'll talk about some of that and more. Wrapping up today on a midweek celebration is The Voice of Reason for a Wednesday here. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. you're listening to the voice of reason with andy hoosier welcome back in last few minutes here of the program it goes by way too fast i don't care what any other show says we are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio Trying to cram that 10-pound reason into that 5-pound bag. All right, we're talking with Bill Hahn, CEO of the John Birch Society. You can find them online, jbs.org, talking about constitutionally how the world we live in is so messed up. It's so crazy watching the administration, the current administration, think they can do whatever they want to, the anger The bitterness of the old guy in office right now that's just short-tempered, just do what I say or else I'm going to punish you right now. We have mandates galore. We have states trying to figure out what the heck to do. We have individuals trying to figure out what the heck to do. And while we ran down the list, and Bill, you you ran down this list so beautifully of how violating this is to our rights and to our constitutional rights and to the duties of the federal government, let's talk about what will it take for people to become Engaged and active, and I'm not just talking about doing a hashtag on social media and on the Tweety to try and make some type of group on on there to be trending. I'm talking about actually saying, uh, running for office, or telling their elected officials they better do this, or saying we will not comply with this and we will just ignore you and no more. Well, we take this because I think, especially my generation. Now that we have social media, we think that if we just do a hashtag on, on the Tweety and we start a trending, then all of a sudden we've changed the world and we've forgotten how important it is to actually do something to where we, make, uh, we take the entire ability of the government to have power over us.
1: You hit the nail on the head, Andy. It, it is uh, the social media warrior will not uh, win this war. Uh, it does not take the, uh, the place of boots on the ground. Uh, you know the the founding fathers uh, recognized uh, the fact that you know the people need to be involved. Let me just read you a quick quote here from uh, from John Adams, uh, who sent a letter to Thomas Jefferson in eighteen fifteen He says, "As to the history of the revolution, my ideas may be peculiar, perhaps singular. What do we mean by revolution? The war? That was no part of the revolution. It was only an effect and consequence of it. The revolution was in the minds of the people, and this was effected from seventeen sixty 1775, the course of 15 years before a drop of blood was shed at Lexington. So keep in mind, these are folks that lived through tyranny. Uh, that you know, they gave us a, a, a complete document uh, of the uh, grievances uh, that that they you know spelled out against the against the crown. Yeah, they knew exactly what it was to have all of these uh, swarms of officers you know, eating out their substance, as, as they say. So. What did they do for those fifteen years? I mean, did they, you know, uh, butt their heads up against the wall and and say, oh, you know, poor me, poor,
0: poor. I think poor they painted you. on the side of the walls, hashtag Don't Tread on Me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what they did? They organized. Uh, they, you know, they get, they got together the uh, committees of correspondence. Uh, you know, they 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 uh, they had uh, Thomas Paine actually write, uh, you know, a decent uh, you know pamphlet, uh, you know, Common Sense that went. Uh, basically viral, you know, in, in, in those days. It, it is it is something that is lost on the American public today. Yeah. But I will tell you, this is exactly how the John Birch Society operates. We go out and educate, or I should say organize, uh, people at the local level. So we get chapters of people together, recruit, say, eight to 20 people uh, in, a, in a local area. And all of this is done uh, by uh, volunteer leaders, and we have a paid field staff whose sole job it is to go out and actually uh, or- organize and recruit uh, volunteer leaders. I love it. And so we have this, this national organization since 1958, and chapters in every 50 states, or all 50 states, I should say, uh, even even members uh, you know worldwide, we are the driving force of the constitutional movement out there right now. Uh, there are we we estimate that we have set back uh, the timetable of the of the of our enemies. You know, you had Bob Adelman on there talk talk a little bit about this. You know, a, a while back. Yeah. Uh, you know, the globalists, uh, the insiders, the elitists. I mean, these are folks. You know, their timetable that we set off between 50 and 75 years, just based off of organized efforts. That's amazing. And if yeah. we can have that moving forward. You know, talking about you know what you know the, the basic principles of Americanism uh, you know versus globalism because that is that is what we're battling sure. so what we're seeing coming through is all of this uh, garbage with with big government that we can certainly overcome but it's going to take the efforts of not just you and I, but many others uh, across this country working together through the John Birch Society and other related organizations.
0: Yeah, I love it, and that's how we do it. We educate people, we let them know that there is hope and there is something that they can do, and it's simple for them to do it based on just fighting what's going on at that federal level. Bill Hahn, CEO of the John Birch Society. Find them online, jbs.org. Bill, I loved it. we got to get you back on the program again real soon, my friend. Perfect. Thanks so much. Hey, always a pleasure there. Until then, podcast up in a little bit. Back at it tomorrow for the pre-Friday celebration. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Who's Your Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast.